the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5, this, this is actually talking about a prayer that a, a Gentile man made to Jesus. A Gentile guy who doesn't know how to pray, who doesn't know what to pray, who doesn't know how to articulate his expression of faith. He is pleading to Jesus. He is talking to Jesus. And we see the way that Jesus responded to his prayer. Matthew chapter 8 and verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him. Pleading with him, which means he, he, he was praying with, to Jesus. He was pleading. He, he was not very passive in his prayer, meaning he was not saying, okay, if it is uh, possible, you know, if you have time or if you... Uh, if it's not an inconvenience. He was literally pleading with him. Now, you should understand this guy is not necessarily going to lose his life if he doesn't pray. He is in a very comfortable position. He is a centurion. He, is, he has enough resources to take care of himself. He has enough resources to make sure that his family is all right. If he loses one servant, he'll get another servant. It's not a very personal thing for him to have been pleading. You know, his, his prayer didn't come just from a, very, uh, from a very, you know, personal need. You know, sometimes it's easy for us to pray when it is our personal need. When, when we are being hurt or our children are being hurt or our business is facing a loss, if we are invested into what we are praying for, it's, it's very easy for us to be very emotional and pleading. But when we have to pray for someone else that we are not necessarily related to, that we are not necessarily invested into, you know, yeah, what's the big deal? There is a church in Jammu, you know, they, they'll, they'll survive. You know, God's in control. You know, the kind of things that we say to justify our prayerlessness. You know, what will happen if, if I pray? I, you know, God will still do everything and his will will still prevail. And, and we have these ways of disconnecting from the things that we are praying for. And thus we are not pleading. We are just, you know, casually talking, saying, Lord... If, if you would like to do it, if, if it is your will, you know, do something, you know, there's, there is this prayer points, there are 10 prayer points somehow, you know, just, I just have to get through these prayer points, you know, if I can finish these 10 prayer points in the 10 minutes that I'm on the app, you know, perfect, you know, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get to boast, you know, at the end of the day that I finished the 10 prayer points. And, 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 and when we are praying, sometimes I feel like our heart is not in the prayer. We are, we are praying with our lips. We are praying with a head knowledge saying, Lord, somebody is sick or somebody is hurting or somebody is going through something. And yet we are not connected to our prayer with our heart. And that is where we are at loss. That is where we are not praying like the centurion prayed. It says, he, he, this is this is. This is the next verse where it's saying, Lord, my servant, he's lying at home paralyzed and he's dreadfully tormented. He's, he's pleading with Jesus. 
when it says pleading it means that it was not just one one statement that he made you know for the sake of clarity and for the sake of uh, you know uh, writing everything in brief matthew wrote it only once but the way that he was saying matthew had to say he he was not just saying or asking he was pleading which means he didn't give up he didn't just say it and walk away it was a constant continual persistent pursuit for jesus's intervention in the life of his servant and and i i really pray that all of us will catch the same heartbeat that this yet yeah, this this centurion had sometimes we may even feel not as adequately anointed or as adequately um well versed with prayer you know when we see other people you know this guy could have looked at all the scribes all the pharisees all those that are been praying for uh, years at the at the wall in the temple and it it would be very easy for him to get discouraged saying i i can never make it into jesus good books and he could have given up and i think that's what we all do when we compare ourselves to someone else and we think oh, i can never pray like them or i can never my prayer will never yield the result that so and so prayed for but if we will just study this person i'm i'm think i'm thinking probably this is the first time that he's he's praying a prayer like this probably this is the first time that he's praying and yet this prayer was so powerful that jesus was moved by this prayer that heavens opened up over this prayer and and it was because he he didn't let his lack of experience he didn't let, let his lack of understanding or lack of revelation to to stand in the way of him praying he said nevertheless i'll still pray yes i am a gentile nevertheless i'll still go to him yes this is not even my family that i'm concerned about nevertheless i will still go and i will pray yes it it i'm not sure how jesus is going to respond to my prayer i don't even know his will for my life nevertheless i will still go and ask and make my request known i will plead for something that i am so passionate about and for that this guy would have had to like really work up his heart you know he there is a preparation that goes be- before the prayer where your heart has to get bothered by the things that you're about to pray your heart has to get burdened by the things that you're about to pray because if if you're just praying without a burden it's just empty words but when you pray because you're you're bothered enough to want to skip a meal if necessary enough to want to build an altar enough to want to sacrifice certain things for the things that you're about to pray that's when you really are invested into your prayer that's when you're really invested into the words that is coming out of your mouth and if the lord is raising a center of prayer here in ottawa if the lord is raising a people of prayer here in ottawa if the lord is raising a a generation of prayer warriors through this ministry not just here in ottawa or in montreal but around the world if the lord is raising us as a people of prayer then 
I hope that we can constantly work on the things that we are so passionate about, so burdened about, the things that we are so eager to talk about, you know, the things, sometimes the, the, the conversations on our, you know, Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram that reveals what we are really passionate about. <laughs> we are posting in that words, we are posting cat stories and dog pictures and, and, and that's, the, that's the most uh, thing, thing, that's the thing that excites us the most, nothing beyond that. And that shows a lack of burden that we have for the things that really matter to the heart of God. This guy, he says, I'm, this, is, this person is my servant, but I'm not going to let him die when he's under my roof. As long as there is a connection, as long as I can connect myself to him, he cannot die. As long as there is the, you know, anybody, you know, if, if as soon as you move into Ottawa and you're saying, this is happening in my neighborhood, I cannot let it be. You, you move into a particular school or a work environment and you see a particular depravity and you say, no, no, no. As long as I am here in this place, I have to be bothered and I have to be burdened about this and I cannot let this happen under my roof. Yeah, and, and as much as this guy would have had money and power and influence to sort it out in the natural, he sought a spiritual source to fix that natural problem. He said, I I'm not just going to you know, use my finances to help this guy. I'm going to go seek the Lord's help. I'm going to seek help from a source which is going to not just heal this person's body, but even his soul. Not only set him free physically. It's, it says he was being dreadfully tormented. Which means there is a, a soul issue. There is a spiritual bondage. And, and he goes to Jesus saying, I am going to seek help from a higher dimension. Lord, give us grace like this. Lord, give us understanding like this. Lord, give us a perspective like this. Yeah, when we see a problem, we shouldn't jump to solve every problem. We shouldn't jump to help everybody. Yet, we know somebody who can help everybody. We, we are connected to a source from where there, there is great revelations that can flow to go and help. There, we, we are connected to a house. And we are connected to a voice. And, and some, some battles are not for us to fight. Some battles are for us to just stand in the gap so that we can connect our man of God to, to that source, to that problem, to that area of need. Instead of, instead of constantly complaining, why, why, why isn't God using me? <laughs> or why isn't God speaking to me? Why, isn't I, why am I not getting the revelation? Or why am I not getting the prophecy? Can, can you become a, a, a channel that connects the world to the, to the voice of God over your life? Can you become that channel? Can you become that connection point? The Bible says Jesus sent his disciples two by two to every place that he was about to go. 
like he didn't send them to any random places there were places that jesus himself wanted to go now what is the task of these disciples not to go and establish their ministry the task of these disciples was to go and prepare the way for jesus to now arrive there sometimes we think that it's all about us oh our, our father laid hands on us he gave us a prophecy it's not about us it's about being able to prepare a way prepare open a door become a channel become the source become the in between through which this grace can flow to someone else who doesn't have that understanding to someone else who who doesn't have that perspective and i pray that the lord would use all of us to be an extension of this house to be to be that voice that will constantly come when you come to church you're coming here to plead when you go out there you're inspecting the need but then you come back here and you build altars for that need and you say lord i i'm 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 praying that you would you would touch this brother i'm praying that you would touch this sister i'm praying that you will you will you will you will change this particular area of of struggle in my neighborhood i'm praying that something will shift and every week if you can come with that hunger i i pray that we will we will rise above you know my need and 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 my problems and and my struggles i think i think that we we've been blessed amen do you believe that yes. you're in this house if you're in this house you're you're really 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 blessed you lack nothing we we don't have we we will never we will never ever ever complain because because we've been taught well we've been provided well but now there is a world out there who don't have this revelation you know the thing is that the the when elisha when 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 naman's that servant girl when she was talking about her prophet in israel who can heal naman she was not upset for the fact that the prophet didn't help her she was a slave too right she was in bondage too she she had a problem too she she was not sitting there and complaining saying oh but i i didn't get help instead she said i know somebody who can help i know a voice i know a source perhaps i was brought here so that this man could be healed perhaps a uh, a uh, 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 one of the reason why god brought me to this office as much as there is so many so much struggles here as much as it may look like this is not the perfect job to be doing perhaps the reason god brought me here is because somebody in this place needs to meet my prophet somebody in this house needs to experience the grace that i have experienced if only we can become the channels the connecting points So Lord use our hands. So Lord use our words. Lord use our social media channels. Lord use every every interaction, every transaction that we have. Use us to be an extension of the grace that we represent. And somebody said an amen. amen. Let me read on. I I know we have to pray. Are you excited to pray? 
You know what I'm doing? I'm preparing you to pray. I'm, I'm, I'm burdening you to pray. I'm just, I'm bothering you. I'm causing a botheration in your spirit so that you're able to pray. And he said, Jesus said to him, I will come and I will heal him. This man's pleading was such, his preparation was such that Jesus didn't ask any more questions. Like most of the healings that Jesus had, Jesus would interrogate the person. Are you ready? Are you willing? Do you have faith? Do you believe? You know, what, what, what do you need from me? How do you, even, even when a blind man is coming and expecting Jesus to have mercy on him, Jesus wants them to articulate their need. And yet in this particular prayer, Jesus didn't ask anything further. Immediately he said, okay, I'm coming. This pleading was such, her, his, his pursuit was such that it was, it, it accelerated Jesus' intervention in this need. I hope that tonight our prayer will be such that heaven will draw close. Tonight, wherever we are praying, that we will pray in a manner that, that heaven will begin to move things. That, that you know, how, how a chess piece is moved from one location to another to, to be able to overcome certain things. You know, it, it, there is a plan, there is a strategy when a chess piece is moved. I hope that some of our prayers will cause a movement in the realms of the spirit and things will be placed where it should be placed so that victory can be imminent. So that victory can come to us immediately. But the Gentile centurion, this was his answer to what Jesus said. He answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. He's, he's expressing his brokenness. He is saying, I, I, I'm, I, I'm pleading, I'm crying, I'm bothered, I'm burdened, yet I do not qualify for you to come personally into my home. He, he is accepting his limitation. Because, you know, people have told him that a Jew will never enter the house of a Gentile. People have rejected his request in the past. Whenever he would go and ask a Jew, a Jew would never want to go to a Gentile's house. This was the first Jew who even said a yes. Who even said, yeah, I'm going to come. See, if Jesus wanted, he could have just said, my word will go and heal you. Because Jesus has done that multiple times in other places. Yet in this place, Jesus said, I'm coming. Jesus was the first Jew who probably surprised the centurion. Because Jesus said, I'm coming. Yet, he said, oh wait, I know that I'm not qualified enough for this. I know that I'm, I have not prayed enough for this. I know that I have not built enough altars for this. I know that I have not journeyed long enough for you to show such grace and such mercy to me. See, you should understand this. Anytime that we think that we deserve God's help, we are deceived. Yeah. Anytime that we think that 
we have done what it takes to move God's heart. Because, you know, Jesus is talking about a Pharisee and a tax collector. You know the story? How two people came to pray. And the Pharisee, he is counting out all the things that are stipulated in the law. I gave my tenth and I fasted and I kept all the commandments and I, you know, avoided television and I didn't, you know, go hang out with these guys. And he, he's talking about everything that is there in his religious system. He's saying, I did all these things, you know, and yet uh, the Bible says Jesus found the prayer of the other guy more appealing. The other guy went home justified, the Bible says. The tax collector, the tax collector, he was definitely more messed up. He had sinned, he had failed, he had, but, but when he came into the presence of the Lord, he began to accept his failures. He began to accept his brokenness, his, his sins. You know, and, and, and you think it's easy, of course, because he was a sinner. But do you know that's how every man of God in the scriptures prayed? You look at the prayer of Daniel the great beloved of the Lord, the great intercessor. You know what he prayed? He, he began to pray, repeating, repenting for his sins and his father's sins. And he said, Lord, have mercy on us one more time. And it's very hard because if you read through the book of Daniel, you will not find any of his sins. You, you will be like, what are you talking about, Pastor? What sins have you committed? And yet... He is now as an intercessor. He is standing in the gap. And he is saying, I, I repent for the sins of my nation. I repent for the sins of my father. I, I know that I don't qualify to receive your help. That I'm not really worthy. That this is my limitation. See, when, when you're honest about the fact that you don't, you and I, we, we, there is a limitation because of which we are not able to receive God's help. The grace of God will come through. You know, the Bible says, Paul, he, he went and he accepted before the Lord, saying, I am weak. There is a thorn in my flesh. There is a pain. There is a struggle. And then the Lord told him, my grace, it will come through for you. My grace will now be sufficient. My grace will now fill in the gap. Everywhere that there is a lack, now my grace is going to take over. And that's why Paul says, when I am weak is when I am strong. Because in my weakness, his strength is actually made perfect in my weakness. So as a Christian, as a child of God, we, we, don't, have to be, we don't have to be afraid to accept that, you know, we, we have certain areas where we have not perfected yet. We, we don't have to act in the presence of God that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not like that guy. I have, I have, I'm not like that prayerless person. Or I'm not like that guy who doesn't know enough. When we come into the presence of God, we can accept the fact that we have, we have failed. We can accept the fact that we, we need His grace. It is only and only by His grace that we can make it. Amen. That's what He said. He said, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Because he knows as soon as Jesus comes into my roof, everything that is under my roof will be exposed. The sickness that is spreading there, 
the defilement that there is all the things that is anti the person that he is it will be exposed so he's accepting his failure and he's saying lord i'm not worthy yet everybody say yet yes said but only speak a word and my servant will be healed yes jesus said i will come and i will heal right the the servant says i mean the centurion says i don't think i am capable enough to host you at that level yet <laughs> yet if you will send a word if you will speak a word that word is going to be equivalent to you actually having walked into my house that word is what will bring grace to me that word is what will purify every unworthiness in my life that word is what will qualify me to now receive this blessing from the lord some of us we are hoping for somebody to come and lay hands on us for somebody to give us a prophecy somebody to call out our name and say that the lord will use us yet a word from the lord when that word comes to us i hope that wherever our people are listening today even in montreal even online i pray that this word will come to you this that you will catch this word in your spirit and as as this word reaches you that you 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 will be already excited because when the word comes it is a sign that grace has come when the word comes it is a sign that mercy has located us when the word comes it is jesus who has come to us it is his presence that is manifested to us so he says but only speak a word and i know somebody say i know somebody say i believe he says i know my servant will be healed verse 9 he says for i also am a man under authority i have soldiers that are under me and when i say to this one go he actually goes and i say to another one come and he comes and to my servant i say do this and he does it in other words he is saying this is the power of my words when i use certain words the words come to pass as i use those words so children of god if we are entrusted with the word of words we have access to god's holy word if we have access to the teaching of god's holy word why are we why is our prayer dependent on our words why is our prayer based on what we want to get god to do for us can we not go to the word and say lord we know your word is powerful we know you've spoken this and when you have spoken this we know it shall come through when you have said that you will send a revival we know you will send a revival we know you will deliver we know you will heal we know you will raise the dead what you have spoken you will do and that is why it is necessary that as students of the word of god we we come to church not just to hear the word but also to study the word so so you have to write down you have to become serious about the things that you are going to pray during the week and say lord 
what 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 is that you what is it that you're instructing through this word who are you asking to go who are you asking to come who are you asking to do what is the go here or come here or do this that you're releasing when a word comes how are you invading my home through this word i want to know because see what he said was so profound that the bible says the next verse it says when jesus heard it he marveled can can be surprised jesus tonight can can it can we surprise jesus tonight can we i mean technically it is not possible and yet the bible says jesus marveled there was something it says when jesus heard it i know that tonight our prayer is going to cause a surprise in heaven tonight the way that we plead the way that we pray the way that we are going to be hungry the way we pursue it will cause a, a a surprise it will cause marvel in the eye in the ears of jesus may our prayers be like that every day may our pursuit be like that every day that jesus will hear our cry our pleading and jesus will be marveled and and the bible says and he said to those who followed assuredly i say to you i have not found such great faith not even in israel what is he saying this is great faith this is not faith this is this is great faith this is not just you know ordinary faith this is great faith prayer that is coming out of great faith because god has not called us to ordinary faith you know there is a group of people who have faith right they believe they trust they want jesus to come and heal and yet we have to rise above and we are saying god we we want to be men and women of great faith we we are not satisfied with just faith we want great faith we want you to hear our prayer tonight and say we have great faith because if you're only believing for your you know cat and your dog then i don't i don't think you have great faith but if you are believing for nations But if you I mean I mean it may be foolish in the eyes of the world to sit in a room like this to you know those of you who are watching us online and and praying from your homes it it may not look profound to to ask for nations as you know the nations is made of billions of people to 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 believe god for these nations because the word says ask of me for nations and i will give what is it psalm 28 it says ask of me for nations and i will give the nations as an inheritance to you so we are standing on the word we have the right to claim this and we have the right to say lord we will demonstrate great faith tonight we will demonstrate great faith jesus promised and i in verse 11 he said and i say to you that many will come from the east and the west let me paraphrase many will come from india canada india and canada east and the west right it says many will come from east and the west and they will sit down with abraham isaac and jacob in the kingdom of heaven many will come so when we function like this 
You know what we are doing? We are being qualified to eat from the table of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Another translation says to, to sit and be part of a banquet. To feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. The same promises and the same grace that they partook of. Now you and I, we get to partake of it because of our great faith. Isn't that amazing? Isn't this God too good? The, the crazy thing is, verse 12, the crazy thing is, Jesus says, but the sons of the kingdom, they will be cast out into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. He is comparing two groups of people. He's saying there will be those that will come from the east and the west. And they, they are going to now come and partake of the blessings of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. But the sons, meaning those that are legally sons of the kingdom. You know, legally. They are saying, oh, I've been a member of this church. Oh, I, I, I know, you know, like... I have done this, 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 this. I, my grandparents have done this. You know, those who are sticking to religious systems. He's saying, you know, the maximum that they'll get is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yet, those that are willing, those that are able to express their radical faith, those that are burdened for prayer, those that are able to pray for their servants, for them those that, are, those that are genuinely moved and bothered and, and passionate about pleading and, and, and expressing their great faith. Those that are going to put their trust in my word, for them I'm preparing a feast. For them I'm going to release a feast. The same feast that, Abraham, that, I, that I served for Abraham. The same feast that I served for Isaac. And the same feast that I served for Jacob, I'm serving that feast for this generation. I'm serving that feast. So, Father, we pray tonight. So, Father, we, we ask that you would open our hearts. You would open our understanding tonight, Lord. Lord, that you would change the way that we pray tonight. You would change the way that we pray tonight, Lord. For tonight, Lord, we, we want to... We want to neglect our personal needs and instead we want to adopt your heart and we want to pray over the things that really bother your heart lord we we can't allow certain things under our roof there are certain things that that you have really made us passionate for and so lord tonight we pray that you would you would give us the grace to to really Make war for the things, to plead for the things, to stand in the gap for the things that really move your heart. So Lord, burden us. Lord, prepare us. Prepare us for this prayer. Prepare us. Lord, make our prayers a marvel in your eyes, a marvel in your ears. Lord, make our prayers be expressions of great faith. Lord, make our prayers so huge, so big, that it, without faith it is impossible to see them through. Lord, make our prayers so rooted in the scripture, so rooted, so centered on the word of God, on what you have spoken to us, on what you have promised to us, 
that, that there is no way that we will ever not see that word coming to pass. Lord, give us the grace to stand on your word and say, Lord, you said it. Lord, you promised it through our prophet. Lord, you have released this word time and again and again and again. And, and as a church, we stand on that word and we pray and we declare and we seek and we plead and we, we request and we, and we fight.